Bacon, bit, bacon, bacon, bit, bacon, 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 bit. Hey everyone, welcome to our review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Electric Boogaloo. It's not, is it number 7? Number 7. This seven. is the 7th one. This is 7.1, part, part 1. 97.1. Oh, what is happening? We this are going to review. the 7th movie in the, in the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible franchise. Yeah. Arguably the third movie in, the, in a semi-reboot. Which are all directed We've by We've confused the same everyone. Guy. Tom Cruise is once again doing his own stunts in a movie. That's what sells these movies, right? True. And they are, I would say, the American spy equivalent to James Bond and uh, somehow still going with good quality movies. Sure. Now, Kent, you are a huge fan I of love, the Mission Impossible I lo- I franchise. I love them. Zach. And granted, I need to go back and watch two because I feel like I'll be more forgiving. Please don't. No, 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 no. What if I love it? It's so bad. I watched same for it. our Mission Impossible tiering movie. I watched it last year. And, and, and it's you hated it? 100% skippable, terrible. And but Zach, you are new to this I franchise. I am new. I've only watched them all within the last year. So this is, a for some reason, a franchise I didn't watch. But are because, you a fan? Oh, yes. Um, I generally like this kind of movie, but uh, I, I think these are of high quality, except for two, and all enjoyable for different reasons. And Joel, you're a classic Mission Impossible film fan, right? One in three. One in three are, are my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do enjoy four or five and six, but not as much as one in three. And okay. I did not see seven. I was not invited to the screening. I'm really sorry. Apparently, I was contagious. <laughs> yeah, you were sick. It's not our fault. Yeah. But real quick, before I give the actual synopsis for this movie, uh, Joel... I know you haven't seen this movie. Obviously, you just mentioned that because you were contagious. Yes. I would like you to give the synopsis of this movie. I would like you to explain this movie. Okay, that I haven't seen. That you haven't seen. That I haven't read anything here. about. I Let guarantee. It's a Mission Impossible movie. Right, okay, okay. okay. You, you I can, let's, let's just see. Now, if in my uninformed opinion... This is un- if I were not to guess spoiler because he doesn't actually know. No, I would guess that Tom Cruise... Mm-hmm. And his group of buddies. He, he plays a character named Ethan Hunt, by yes. the way. Ethan yeah. Hunt and his group of buddies, probably consisting of maybe a Ving Rhames and a Benji, uh, Simon Pegg. Uh, <laughs> I love that the real actors' names are interchangeable. Yes. We that, have the IMF. That he's going to be, they're going to be doing their Mission Impossible thing, and all of a sudden a threat's going to come up, and uh-huh. then the IMF is going to be compromised, Uh-oh. and they're going to think Tom Cruise is part of the bad guys now. So what are they going to do? So they're going to have to go rogue. Oh, no. And they're going to have to find their way back in good graces of IMF okay. and the country. Mm. In the what, world. What, what are they going to do while they're going rogue? They're going to do an impossible mission. Okay. What are they going to like? They're going to try and do anything specific. Are they gonna they're going to try and break in someplace. So you're going to try and get anything. They're going to try to get a, a list of some sort, a computer file. Sometimes maybe? MacGuffin. We can just call it a MacGuffin. Yeah. yeah. Dude, and then dad. There's going to be some uh, mistaken identities. There's going to be some masks, maybe. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, oh. Joel, did you see this movie? I did. <laughs> I did not. I did not You're, see this movie. You kind of nailed it down. I don't That's, know how. I was going to say, did they? Because they've done that for the last. Oh, yes. Few but, but here's the thing: when you have a lane and you do it well, I guess continue. Do, but how many times can the impossible mission force? If it ain't be, broke, don't fix it. How many times can the impossible mission force be disavowed? How many times? I'm not saying it happens in this movie, but I mean, I'm not not saying it. I don't want to spoil anything because we're not going to spoil anything here while I'm here in the room. Once I leave, yes. yeah, I cannot be held accountable for what these guys say. Yes. And then we will spoil it. Officially, the synopsis from IMDb, which is not that official, Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Now, I don't want to spoil anything, but I do need to address the part one versus part two thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll do so in generalities. Typically in these movies of this genre, not just Mission Impossible, there's kind of two goals. Number one get the thing. Number two, use the thing. This movie is get the thing. Okay. And it, 
I, in my opinion, even though it is a part one, I think it does a decent job of wrapping itself up. And you say that because when we talked about this movie at the beginning of the year, when we were kind of awaiting uh, certain movies, and there were so many part ones this year, yes, whether it's Spider-Verse or, or Fast X mm-hmm. or this movie, we were kind of like, really? We don't want to wait a year yeah. for a movie to come out. Like, just give us an ending. Give us closure to a movie. Yeah. What we have here with Dead Reckoning Part 1 is closure. Yes. It's a complete movie. Oh, good. Going, it, saying, hey, that was an incredible climax. Did yes. you like that? Okay. Now there's more to come because clearly the story has a lot of places to go. That gives me hope. It, now, uh, now, as, as a Part 1, now, it is one of the better um, ending Part Joel, ones. I'm going to take that hope right away. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? No. Because it introduces a really cool villain. That has a backstory that will be told in part two. Well, That's what we're sitting at. It has, Jason Momoa? No. <laughs> well, yeah. glad no, although oh. he was great in Fast X. Also, the plot is so complicated, and it's going to go so many different places that it also says, hey, are you confused by this? Don't worry. It'll be revealed in part two. I, uh, question, is there double crossing? Well, I mean... Because that's in every Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's a spy movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like I honestly there was a point. Whoa, which which one was it? It was either five or six. There was a point where I went. I don't care who's on whose side anymore. Just get to the point. <laughs> this movie has several well of course moments because it's the seventh Mission Impossible movie. Oh, we're gonna ignore two. It's the sixth Mission Impossible movie. That's worth your time. And there is a formula here, but it, again, it's not just this movie. It's the franchise and it's the genre. Well, I'm watching this movie and Zach, I'm so curious as to what you think of this movie based on maybe how you felt, what I'm about to say. But this one more closely follows the first movie as far as format goes. In fact, it follows a Pierce Brosnan, James Bond movie so closely Agreed. that I'm like, it was almost unrecognizable and I almost didn't like it as much as any other Mission Impossible movie. Wait, are movie. you saying... Right. Did you just say that this movie is similar in story to an actual Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie? No, 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 no. Oh, it, okay. it feels like a Tomorrow Never Dies or a Golden Knight. The way that the story might unfold. Because at this point, okay, you're not saying this is like you know the exact replica oh, of the world is of, not d- enough. It's actually Die Another Day and the world I is knew not it. enough. <laughs> There's actually Halle Berry and um, Jinx is back. Denise, whatever her name Richards. is, Christmas, yeah. <laughs> Christmas Jones. Jones. What? This one really relies on the team element but then does some very interesting things with them. And granted, we normally see the team backing up Ethan Hunt. This one, we see Ethan Hunt teaming up with a, a female co-lead played by Haley Atwell in this movie. Mm-hmm. Captain America, no, Captain... She is... What is, do they call her in Peggy the, Carter. Peggy Carter. Captain Carter. Yeah, she's in Captain the Carter. If, in the What If franchise. That's yeah. what I was going for. So, Zach, me having said that, did you feel the same way? Uh, similarly, yeah. I, I, I didn't find the movie that confusing on it. As far as comparing it to the previous couple i don't know could not tell you a single plot element of the last two movies okay i find that to be the weakest point of the mission impossible franchise mm-hmm. i i don't care about what's happening with the plot and the other thing is ethan hunt is a kind of a nothing person nothing character he doesn't matter he's just the vessel for us to go on this journey right. he doesn't add anything bring anything he's there's no emotion to him aside from maybe three like, well, he gets in places. He puts and, his life yeah. on the line. And then a, right? li- a little bit in Fallout. But like he is just a vessel for us to enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind that at all. I think this movie you, actually is fairly simple. Do you think that changed with this movie? They try to humanize him a little bit. Humanize Ethan Hunt? H- humanize him based on his lo- the love for his team. Because okay. this movie goes... So not the love for his uh, ex, which they've been playing up in, in four and five. No, in fact, they close that off in Fallout. Thank, okay, thank, thank, thankfully okay. not in okay. all. Uh, this one, they more say... 
hey, the stakes are bigger than ever. And truly, in the scheme of things, the stakes are bigger than ever because the grand, and this may seem a little cheesy, 90s cheesy, but it is very relevant, AI is oh. the overarching evil at okay. this point. I thought you were going to say the the impossible mission was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, no, nah. no, well, really no that's what it is for Ethan Hunt. But you have AI in control of what's happening. And in that way, it's not Ethan Hunt versus the bad guy, even though that exists in this movie. It's Ethan Hunt versus sometimes his team in this movie because all information is controlled by something bigger. This is a movie full of... Well, which un- is where the plot un- gets a little crazy. Yeah. There's, but, a, there's a lot of unreliable yes. narration. At sort the of same time, like in a lot of these Mission Impossible movies, you have this omniscient villain where he's everywhere and controlling everything and doing everything. So it seems like this isn't far from no, This one, they explain the reason for that. Okay. Yes, this is not... Uh, what was his name? Silva in uh, James Bond's Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's like, how do the you know? The train is going to fall at that point. They'll just yes. be, they, they essentially explain away like the, whatever knows what's going on and deal with it which is fine and so because of that uh overarching threat because he's paired up with a co-lead basically a hunt girl at this point the entire movie i felt like completely it was a james bond movie it does feel but like a really well put together james bond movies because they're very inconsistent as we know the other thing that gets me about this one that i do feel is different from the rest of the franchise is there are two definite scenes but a little bit more sprinkled throughout this is humorous as it far is. as the other franchise, or the too rest humorous of the or just enough. There's one scene that goes too far involving mm-hmm. a small car. Yeah, that is. People were rolling in the theater, and I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing here, and I don't really care for it. But at least throughout, there is a little bit more humor. Um, uh, Benji Dunn, uh, played by Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg, has always been kind of the comic relief. Yeah, um, he continues that very well. But um, yeah, this movie is a little bit more humorous and does give that more James Bond feel. Also, I feel like this one pulls back the stunts quite a bit from Fallout. This is why pulls I think back? It, I think it follows number one more because number one had fewer action scenes, but when they happened, they were really dynamic. Yeah, right. They were you, they were notable. Yeah, it wasn't like Fallout, which I love. Fallout. Fallout had about seventeen action set pieces, wow. and you remember eight of them, and you're like, those were incredible. This one pulls it back to like three. Is that because okay, three is that ones. because Tom Cruise is now older than John Voight was when the first Mission Impossible happened? I feel like it is. Or they're waiting for part two to amp it up even more. In fact, they've been advertising the the jump off the mountain, right? Yeah. At In least. the movie, you go, it's cool that he does that because it feels real. This movie works because it's so practical. I, but then in the movie, you're yeah. like, eh, it's fine. I disagree with you a little bit. Okay. I am actually, I have tired very much of the, hey, look at the stunt we're doing. Sure. In fact, in the la- not since four. Uh, now, when, did, when does he hang off the side of the plane? Five? That's five. That's five. Yes. That's five. Okay. So not since five have I actually felt the big stunt. Okay. Right? Him hanging off the side of the Burj Khalifa is Whoa. you can four. feel yeah. that in the movie. Palm sweating every it time is, I watch that part. It, mom spaghetti. It is amazing. <laughs> uh, him hanging off of that plane. It's amazing. Him jumping out of the airplane and fall out. It is so ruined by excessive CGI. You do but the not, jump is real. You doesn't matter. The, you, but they added you, the CGI. You know that. You do not feel that. Henry okay? Cavill wasn't even in the movie. They just CGI'd him the whole time. <laughs> He's just a mustache, actually. Yeah. You know, the, the making of the stunt is better than the stunt in the movie. And that is absolutely true here because mm-hmm. we've seen it. it. It is the advertising for this movie. And you see it's like, we went off this jump 16 times. Yet there's no jump. It's bad CGI rock textures that he's jumping off of in the movie. I don't like that. Mm. So I'm getting very tired of 
the almost the stunt going bigger and better of it's like this is what we're doing here it's detracting from what is a really cool movie but also there are so few of those big stunts in this movie yeah except for like i would say the climactic battle it really sells this movie it's so funny how we can spoil this movie Without spoiling. I know, yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm not gonna say it's I'm not gonna say where it takes place or what really happens. Sure. But what it does what is it gives you closure for a part one that you're like, I'm so satisfied by the thirty minute sequence I just saw that I know the story's gonna continue. I know I need to find out more about the villain and Ethan Hunt's flashbacks because there's flashbacks in this movie, which I hate in film. But there's flashbacks that make you think that you're actually watching the their flashbacks of the first movie. Mm-hmm. They're set very similarly mm-hmm. to uh, some scenes from the first movie. And, I was and, confused by that. And what it does, and it brings back some people from the first movie, it wants you to associate Ethan Hunt's history and the age that he's at right now as being this whole picture of his time yeah. somehow still surviving in this force. And th- and for that reason, like I was like, way to go. It really does kind of rope everything in because I think this franchise feels different. Like one... And three, I guess one, two, three, feel like a different series than yeah. four through six. Yeah, agreed. And this one kind of goes, hey, four through six are really dynamic. We're going to take the flair of that and the characters that we created there with Benji and Ilsa, and we're going to bring it back to one. I always get confused about Ilsa. I love Ilsa so and much. I miss, I, I missed him in Fallout, and I miss him here at Jeremy Renner. Yeah, truly. I, really, I don't know why he's not part really of it. I really liked that character. Yeah, because he's I, doing the Borden stuff. I, I, <laughs> sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, and I think he would have been really good um, in this movie, too. Haley Atwell is a shining star here. Is she? Absolutely. I do like her. Uh, she's I want her to succeed. Extremely charismatic. She's very good. She's she's uh, a likable, I guess, kind of everyman type character, mm-hmm. um, but something for an audience to connect to and a welcome, you know, welcome fresh blood in this franchise. Yes. Which, which has a lot of people you have seen in previous movies. But my issues are they don't explain the villain a lot, which happens a lot in spy movies. Sometimes you don't care. Sometimes they're just a force. But the fact is we're supposed to care about the history uh-huh. between these two characters. Can I guess yeah. your rankings, gentlemen, just Please based do. on yes. what I've heard so far? I'm just going to use my... Uh, now Here we go. You have your answers written down. I'm not even going to look at you. Right? Yep, sure. Uh, Zach may drop his uh, drop of a hat more we talk about the movie. Now, how does Zach uh, score movies? Zach does it out, out of 10, 10 stars. Yeah. You do letter grades. I do. That's out of 10 uh, points. I'm guessing stars. Kent is going to give this a B plus. Okay. I'm guessing Zach is going to give this a 7 out of 10. Okay. Now, you, gentlemen, give your reviews, please. A B. A B? Yeah, it could be B plus because I'm going to watch this again. But I give it a B. Because it's kind of a new format. Is that the lowest Mission Impossible movie? No, oh, two by far. You gave that one a B minus, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a B minus. No, this is one that I think will grow over time, but it goes so far into what the plot and the grand thread is meant to be. It's not quite explained enough for me. Is that ranking dependent on part two of Dead Reckoning? It will be, yes. Okay. I gave it an eight. Ah, I actually really like this yeah. movie. Wow, I overestimated and Uster underestimated. And, and through this conversation and realizing it, it's because it definitely feels more like a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And that has clicked a lot of, of, of elements right. to this movie in a positive way. That is my did you Did you get talking. this kind of feel in the Daniel Craig Bond movies? Not as much. Didn't it kind of feel like a Brosnan It's more Bond Brosnan. Movie? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even Connery. Like, you know, it's, it's more of that. It's because he's a brunette. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's more of that kind of fun, kind of serious. Mm-hmm. There, there, and Haley Atwell is to blame or thank for that. Um, her character brings a lot of much-needed levity to this movie, and and I appreciate it. And the goons are kind of like Bond goons as well. Totally. totally. Okay. Yeah. So Joel, get out of here. All right. Because we're the noise. gonna spoil the do, movie. 
V now and Joel's grabbing it back and he's leaving and we'll wait like a minute so we can spoil did it reckoning part one bye Joel drive safe love you I don't know what just happened something broke all right Zach I think it's safe okay we good all right let's just spoil a movie yeah. Here we go. I'll tell There's you what, nothing to spoil about this movie. No, there absolutely is. There, and I'll tell you what takes this from a B plus to a B. What? Is they kill people. They kill fan favorites. And I'm jumping right into it. Is Ilsa a fan favorite? It, she's literally my favorite thing about this new series of Mission Impossible movies. I love she's, Ilsa. She's a confusing character to me. Oh, she absolutely is. And in this movie... <laughs> They mishandle her quite a bit. In fact, I'm going to start right from the beginning here because the editing, and this is Chris McQuarrie, who's done the previous three movies, yes. or previous two. So yes, I think Brad Bird did four. Brad Bird did four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, like, for example, they take this to a desert scene and uh, Ethan Hunt is meant to go get this artifact. Oh, the timeline's so confusing. And so you, sh- you see this battle scene and you're like, okay, this could go somewhere. And you're like, is there a death? Is it not a death? Because the scene cuts. And you're, it's told to you about two minutes later what happens, and then it shows it. And I'm like, but why Why do it that way? Yeah. Why are you misleading the dramatic... Why are you giving us dramatic irony Well, with, uh, with us believing that the character is supposed to be dead? Yeah. Well, luckily, this resolves quickly. It does. But let's talk about the very, very opening scene, which is, honestly, classic Bond. It is. Where we start on a Russian submarine. <laughs> right? And it's a... It's it a, really, that's where... Yeah. It's a special key, which mm-hmm. is the doohickey... Of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's a special key that is two pl- two pieces that come together like a plus that uh, apparently, as we see, uh, activate or control the entity, the AI. On a sub that cannot be found. Yes. On a uh, stealth sub that... It, uh, you're right. This is a Bond... I mean, this is almost this is, pulled right from a like... Bond plot. A Roger Moore Bond movie. Sure. Yeah. Disappearing Russian nuclear submarine. Mm-hmm. That's very Bond. And like war games in the water. War, Yeah. Uh, we don't know where this is coming from. This is undetectable. How are we detected? Yeah. It's really just the search for the keys. And that's what this movie is built around is matching these two keys together. It's because they come um, in two pieces. Find, bu- finding buyers in order yes. to get these together. But to get to to your point about what's going on with Ilsa in the desert. Yeah. Timeline. Like very, basically very the government is like, we don't trust her, but we sent her to get this. But we're also sending people after her to take her down. So we can just get this half of the key. But pretend to be dead. But yeah. Don't and, pretend and I was to be... like, and then Ethan Hunt is like, well, you're dead. So just play dead, be dead essentially and i was like well there's no way even though i saw the trailer there's no way they're gonna kill her there's no way because they already made her play dead in this movie yeah and so halfway through the movie you get this whole prisoner's dilemma where tom cruise is told by the villain played by isai yeah isai morales uh who is i kind of like the fact that he's like this older vigilante that matches tom cruise in age yes. and uh as far as like skills Right, he was very intimidating. Well, again, comparing it to Bond, it is a little bit closer to that, uh, you know, uh, Alec Trevelyan. Trevelyan, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or you know, in Skyfall, you're, mm-hmm. you're uh, Silva, where it's like he's been involved. Yeah, he's been around. He's also skilled. Like it's your hero isn't the only person who knows what he's doing. Yeah, and I. I but it's funny it. that there's this. It's basically a ghost for Ethan Hunt. Even though we're now at the seventh movie and all of a sudden we're supposed to believe, oh yeah, Ethan Hunt is really intimidated by this guy. If, if he catches a glimpse of this guy, he's really scared. I'm like, well, it's the seventh movie. Are we so, supposed to buy this new character? I think the second movie is going to try to make us with some more flashbacks. Okay, But he's given this choice of, hey, I'm going to get everything I want because I work for the AI itself. And uh, you're going to have to choose who dies. And I was like, please don't, don't, don't just like, you know tell us what's going to happen. Don't telegraph. Yeah. 
that one of these people is going to die because clearly it's not going to be the new star of this series, Haley Atwell. It's going to be my favorite, Rebecca Ferguson, sure. uh, who plays Ilsa. She's busy doing Apple TV projects now. Yeah, and apparently pretty good. Yeah. And so I was a little sad. But then when there was that actual battle, and it just felt like an ugly fight. I'm not saying like ugly filmed, but I'm like, this is a mean-spirited fight. Yeah. And in that way, I was like, this doesn't feel like a, a, a Mission Impossible movie. It felt like the beginning of Mission Impossible when everyone's kind of dying. And you see Ethan Hunt just panicking yeah, because it feels a lot dying. more like that first one. And you almost see him like he runs into and he doesn't see the death of Ilsa, who they really, uh, they kind of, they establish this love bond, even though they're separated by thousands of miles at any given point. But he sees that she's dead. And I'm like, I felt that. I yes. felt like he wasn't just a vessel for action anymore. They try to make him more of the new leader. Yeah. Uh, the new Phelps, he's, essentially. He's the dad of this team. Yes. Yeah. So that hit me. And in fact, I got a little upset. And I love when there are stakes, but I got upset they, that they got rid of her. I am totally okay with okay. I'm getting rid of her. Not because I don't like the character. I think the character is interesting. But I, I like that th- this large team, mm-hmm. they can't all wear plot armor. You're right. If they kill Benji Dunn, I riot. What if, about Ving Rhames? If they, what's his name? Luther? Luther. If they kill Luther, I riot. I they, love it. They actually, things. there's a moment where Ving Rhames doesn't have a ton to do in any of these movies, right? Never. And in this movie, uh, because his sole purpose has been to be the tech guy. Uh, for, for, you know, and Benji also does that as well. Well, the reason that Benji exists is because Ving Rhames was not really yeah. in three. Right. And now they work together. But now the AI is controlling things. Uh, Luther essentially goes, I have to figure this out. Like you could tell he got a little scared. Yes. And he's like, I am going to figure this out on my own. I like see what happens. I like the element of them keeping things from Ethan. Yes. Because they, it's, it's more in their territory, Mm -hmm. their territory, Benji and, and Luther. And so they're like, we, we're going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Granted, we do get another humorous scene at the airport with Benji. Yeah. Which was actually pretty intense. Yes. Which was very, very intense. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to the airport. It's apparently a brand new airport in oh, yeah, Abu nice. Dhabi, yeah. and it's insanely nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, Tom Cruise or you know Ethan Hunt, um, they really doubled down on the team love. It's all about they the did. team. And they do explore that. It's, it's Fallout, right? Where mm-hmm. they have the, the suitcase, brief, briefcase, yep. and it gets taken because he chooses to save the team or something like that. Right. Like, it's not, it's not an out-of-nowhere element. It's not. It's just they double down on it, and they, they are able to do that by taking away the additional element of um, Ethan Hunt's ex. Right. You know? Like, that's, that's not at all a thing here. It definitely is And isn't. the movie's better for it. So uh, probably the the biggest flaw in this movie is not just like saving a lot for the next time or AI being a very complex story element. It's the two Keystone cops that are following Ethan Hunt the entire trail. Yeah, what's up with that? Because they obviously had a play at the end of the movie, although that was confusing too because they're supposed to uh, be working for Kitridge from the first movie. Yeah, Kitridge is back from Mission which Impossible. Which was very welcome because yeah. he's well, First of all, ki- I was confused. I was like... Wait, isn't that the guy from the first movie? Yeah. And he was only in the first movie. Because in the first movie, you're like, I hate you. You're like the boss that I have to listen to, but I hate and don't trust. Right. And it continues in this movie as well. Yeah. He honestly just picks up right where he left off. Right. Like, where have you been? But then you have these two agents that are just everywhere where Ethan Hunt is. And it just was trivial for me. And you can tell they are pursuing him because of an ideal or, or a 
just this thought that Ethan Hunt is a bad guy. He's going to ruin everything. And along the way, Mm -hmm. they're like, you know, you can tell that they're about to turn. It's almost like they were like, Like, we don't really have a rogue story to tell in this Mission Impossible movie because he is working with the team and everything. But let's make these guys believe that he's still the rogue. Yeah. Because he would have got the job done regardless. Because IMF is not working within the confines of anything and mm-hmm. so they're technically kind of rogue again yeah which I, I like hate i do like the joke of when they try to explain what the impossible mission force actually was because i'm like it's kind of a joke right really yeah, but is. no one knows what it is in the government yeah. apparently so obviously in dead reckoning 2 they're going to be they're going to be converted and somehow deus ex machina yeah. of the day and somehow right some way. but it is it is a bizarre element but it's one more a little bit of of tension it's like okay we've got to hide from the villains, bad guys. Mm-hmm. We also got to hide from the government's lackeys. Right. And so it does create good tension in the airport scene. So you mentioned that you had an issue with the car chase, which I thought was phenomenal. I thought the car chase was you good. You think the joke was played a little I too hard. I think it was just a little bit too, because too funny. This is similar to, again, going back to James Bond, direct parallels totally. to uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, where Pierce Brosnan is handcuffed to Michelle Yeoh. Uh, and they're on the BMW mm-hmm. motorcycle. And so in this, you know, he's handcuffed to Haley Atwell and they get into the little, I don't know, Izetta or whatever, the tiny little little car. Yeah. And uh, they're handcuffed in a way that Haley Atwell, what's her name in the movie? Grace. Okay. Maybe. Yes. Well, maybe it's, Grace. It's yeah. not Grace because they specifically put a thumb over a passport or something. Mm-hmm. She, but that's what they call her name. the entire time. But uh, so Grace is uh, supposed to be driving, but she's proven to be a terrible driver. Whereas he's an amazing driver. Yes. But. And so we're basically seeing them do roundabout 17 times as the villain in its Palm Clementel, who played Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. She's one yes. of the head goons and she's like 80 pounds soaking wet, maybe. But she is just coming after him in this armored vehicle. And visually, it's so much fun to watch because she doesn't care that the cops have 30 cop cars yeah. that are chasing the uh, Ethan Hunt as well. She's going to ram right through him. I thought she was pretty compelling henchman How bloodthirsty she actually was. Yeah. Uh, to the point that there's also a redemption arc in this movie alone where mm-hmm. they fake out her death. But no, she will be part of the new IMF team yeah, by, the, by the next movie. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Uh, that said, I really enjoyed the car chase. Yes, it laid a little too much into the funny. It's still good. It's, it's still good. Well done. It is. Um, there. It's just the scene of them getting started is a yeah. bit much for me. Yeah. Um, but the, the it is still clever. I'm going to jump right to the end. So there is a, a big train battle slash heist slash uh, meant to be triple crossing on the train. Yeah, because there's uh, there's the thing we have our our arms dealer back, yes. the White Widow. Yeah. Um, which I love her, Vanessa Kirby. Yeah, she's she's great. Um, but, she still refers to uh, Ethan as uh, John Lark, Henry Cavill. Yeah, character. yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. And Haley Atwell is kind of thrust into this action scene, whereas Tom Cruise basically he's not there for the whole scene. He's chasing the uh, train that they're yeah. on on a dirt bike, and, and it's like they have to find a reason for him to do this stunt. Dumb. And I was like, we don't need this. Like we all know where this is going, and when they do it, I did like the fact that when he's falling. That's actually Tom Cruise falling. But the whole setup, I actually feel like they edited most of that out because we were kind of like, I'm actually more interested in what's happening on the train. The making of the stunt is better than the stunt. The yes. train scene has genuine tension. Oh, man. There's double crossing. There's you, We have our classic Mission Impossible mask. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Owens. Uh, yeah, is like a you know crooked government official, right? Because this this doohickey, this key, is the key to the AI, and 
Powerful governments want this. Oh yeah, we didn't even explain that. Yeah, power, powerful governments. They want don't want to kill it to use it. Yes, Ethan Hunt wants to get it to stop it. Yes, it, and it, so it, that's where he's rogue at this point. Yeah, but yeah, so the train battle happens, and it's just you know, like I said, it's kind of end of a Bond movie, end of a Mission Impossible movie. But when you think it's done. It's not done. No. I would say the best part of the train battle comes at the end because it does the sort of uncharted two thing where the train is falling off. You didn't like this. No. I love the gravity chase. I kind of hate it. Really? It just keeps going. So I the, like the tension. The 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 track blows up. Yeah. They try to stop the train, which this is the classic uh, you know, Ethan Hunt knows how to work every piece of machinery he's ever <laughs> right. touched. It's like now he knows how to use a train. But uh <laughs> You know, the, the train ends up stopping, but it starts going over the edge mm-hmm. and it's just slowly going over the edge and they're climbing. It's up just another perfect timing car. For me, one car too many. I think it knew it was in on the I think it was in on the joke, but it's very and that very it just uncharted. kept going and well done and very well done. But and then it's funny because well I actually done. think there was this Tom Cruise jumped off the plane, right? He's like, well, now I know where I'm going. Basically, yes. like we just had that battle. The movie's over. And now I'm going to find out what I'm I'm going to find the AI. Right. And because he knows it's somewhere, or he doesn't know it's under the water, under the ice crash, no, right? nobody knows. He just knows that it's a sub. And then he jumps off the train, and honestly, one more stunt. I actually think it was a little more dangerous as a stunt uh, when he jumps off and does, like, uh, paragliding, essentially. And I was like, that's just Tom Cruise on a Tuesday. Yeah. But it's still, like, visually, yeah. I'm like, I think he's just having fun here. That was cool. It's still a very dangerous thing to do. Oh, yeah. I think Tom Cruise is just kind of like, I'm going to die on these movies someday. Sure. And I think that's what this movie is setting up is after Dead Reckoning Part 2, I think Tom Cruise might say, I'm here to lead the team a little bit, but now we have Haley Atwell. Now we have Palm Clementel. We have Benji on this team, and that's how it's going to be. Yeah. And I don't even hate it. I don't think people really embrace the series after Tom Cruise is gone, but I think it's done it in a way where it's kind of like, hey, here's introducing the new class, kind of like Top Gun Maverick, and you're not going to hate these new people. I wonder, is Tom Cruise the draw anymore? I think he. It might be a. Yeah, oh, but yeah, how could but. you say that after Top Gun Maverick? I think totally. I, th- I I think people are like you know I'm I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy, but I, I do like those been. Mission Impossible movies. Right. So I don't now, know. now the question is in this summer of failing movies, and granted the the budget wasn't as big for this one, but it doesn't feel very CG. Is this movie going to be successful? I think it will be successful. I don't think it's going to set the world on fire. It's not going to be Top Gun money, but it is good. Mm-hmm. And it is a fun, it is the classic summer action movie. It just doesn't have the downsides that a lot of these other movies that have come out mm-hmm. do. It's not bad. It's right. of very high quality. It is interesting. It is enjoyable. And it wraps up just fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to do well. I hope so. I don't think any of the, I don't have the numbers. There's no way of knowing. Uh, three I, did not do very well. Well, I don't think that they generally make a, a, a no, boatload they're, they're of No, they're generally max they 700 million. Pretty, which is a lot, but they're not. They're, they're not they're superhero not, movies. Yeah, they're not the big... They're not the superhero or the Fast right. and Furious or whatever. Like They just don't make as much. Mm-hmm. I wonder, though, on the heels of Top Gun, if this will do better. And because on the it, heels of bad movies like Indiana Jones. Yes. I, I watched the Mission Impossible franchise because of Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Top Gun Maverick so much. I'm like, well, if this is what they've been doing... You can still carry your franchise. If, if this is what they've been doing for the last three movies, if this is what the McHugh movies are, right. then I'm in. Yeah, totally. And it's, it, it is a good time. 
Um, and it's a definite recommend for me. Are you going to watch it again? Yes. I'm yeah. going to take my wife. And, and that's where I'm kind of reserved on the B because I think if I watch it again and enjoy it and kind of see it for what it's trying to do, yeah. I think it could be a B plus, but it's not like the A minus that Fallout was for me. This is, I, I appreciate that it's more fun. Mm. I think this is a little bit closer in tone to the fourth one. Okay. Which is by far the most fun because that okay. one, that's the one that goes absolutely bonkers with the gadgets mm-hmm. because it was directed by the guy who did Incredibles and Iron Giant. Totally. Right? Yeah. It's, it is a cartoon, mm-hmm. but it tonally, especially with Jeremy Renner there, it's, it's, it's the mo- fun. It's the most fun. Yeah. And this is the most fun since that one. That one's still more fun, but this is the most fun since there. It's a good point. Um, and, and I like that. Yeah. I thought that Fallout was a little self serious. It was. And this it's is death at every corner. Yes. Right. This, as much as we do see, ha- we do have these emotional moments. It is not as self-serious, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll see uh, if grades change, but we would also like to know if you stayed to the end uh, at this point, but did you see the movie? Did, how did you like it? Let us know on social media. Did this build up your hype for Dead Reckoning Part 2? Are you yeah. super excited about it, or does it leave you lukewarm? Yeah. Is this the best part one of the year, even? Most certainly. All right. So, yeah, until next time, this podcast will self-destruct in 30 seconds. Seven point one. Oh, what is happening? <laughs>